This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Greetings, everyone. Welcome. My name is Andy Neal, and you're listening to The Hiker Podcast. Greetings, everyone. Welcome. I know it's been a hot minute, but you are listening to the podcast that gets to know the hikers behind the trekking poles, the podcast that asks the why questions of hiking, the podcast that asks hikers, how has hiking changed you and how are you changing the world around you? That's right. You're listening to the Hiker Podcast. This is episode two of season five. I know episode one came out like a month ago. A lot's going on. I'm sorry. Um, I promise things. I promise. I'm promising here on the air. Things will get back on track here. I just had a lot of good things happening and uh, was was preparing and then just kind of uh, things got a little crazy. So anyways, uh, do want to thank our sponsor, CS as a Coffee and Canuck Outdoors. Make sure you check them out. They have been amazing to me throughout the years of the show. If you want to follow me, of course, you can go to at Andy Films and Hikes or go to hikerpodcast.com for all the different ways to follow me. Super excited about this week's episode. I have fellow Instagram influencer, hiker, solo traveler, Meredith McAllister on the show. She talks about her love of the outdoors and how she's been passionate about sharing her love of the outdoors with others. And uh, we had a really great conversation. So without any further ado, my conversation with traveler and hiker Meredith McAllister. So, so many of you ask me the questions about Andy, how do I go out and do the things that I want to do? I don't, I don't want to go travel with a bunch of people or perhaps um, I'm afraid to go traveling or hiking by myself. And I've been asked that question so much that our next guest came to my mind. Meredith McAllister is a solo travel enthusiast, Instagram influencer, and HR professional. Um, I think we met somehow through Instagram. I'm not exactly sure how it happened. We just ended up following each other. Um, but she's on the show talking about her journey as a hiker, an outdoors woman, a traveler. Meredith, how are you doing today? I'm doing so well. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. So just starting out, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you come from. If you were to run into someone on the trail, what would you tell them? Sure. So I'd introduce myself as Meredith. And on Instagram, I'm Meredith TX. I'm originally from Dallas, Texas, and I'm 34, currently working and living in California, SoCal. Um, I'm about an hour and a half uh, from LA. So in the Inland Empire and kind of in the middle of nowhere a little bit, but very close to a lot of great hiking and a lot of trails just about an hour away. So enjoying exploring California now that I live here. So just getting into the conversation, talk a little bit about how did you first get into hiking the outdoors, traveling? Because so many people message me like, Andy, I want to do these things, but I'm afraid to do it by myself or my my partner doesn't want to do it and I want to do it. Or how do I overcome the fear? How did you first get into not just hiking, but I mean, I, I've seen your Instagram. You travel all over the world uh, alone. How'd that start? 
<laughs> I do. Okay. Well, so I guess outdoors started, I was very blessed to go to a school that had a classroom of the earth program. And as I get older and have the ability to give back and invest more in communities, that's something I'm really passionate about supporting, um, whether it's at a public or private school or whether it becomes some sort of program, additional program that I, I help sponsor. But uh, getting that early exposure for me was so important. So starting in the third grade, we'd have little mini campouts. And every year it got a little bit longer, a little bit harder, a little bit further from home until eighth grade, we had a five day trip to Colorado, which included a three day pack in, pack out backpack. Um, And I was your typical indoor kid, theater kid, never went really to camp, never really loved the outdoors, especially Texas in the summer. Um, I was air conditioning and dark theaters for, for all my extracurriculars. So to have this exposure to something that felt like something I couldn't do or uh, wouldn't be welcome doing just because I was different. I wasn't your typical jock or athlete kid. Um, Having that exposure and loving it and falling in love with it so young has always stuck with me. I'll admit it's something that during college and my early professional years, I kind of forgot about. I lost touch with that part of myself. And part of my whole Instagram starting was when I was 27, I went through a breakup and it was the only person I'd ever dated. We've been together for five years during you know those very formative years from like 22 to 27. And I kind of lost touch with who I was and what I wanted out of life and what made me happy. I just sort of conformed into what I thought this person needed. And when that ended, I just decided to sort of rebuild my life from scratch. And I documented it on Instagram during a time when not a ton of people were doing that. It's really taken off and it's definitely a whole different beast than it was then now. But um, yeah, that's how this all started. And so you're in Texas. What is hiking like in Texas? Because I've had other Texans on the show and they're always like, oh, it sucks here. Got to go to Colorado. What was it like being in the outdoors in Texas? Because I mean, I've I've driven through quite a few times. It's mostly flat. Yes, it's mostly outdoor walking. But I mean, what's the difference? (laughs) I guess besides elevation, right? Uh, When we were little, we went to places like Dinosaur Valley State Park, where there's a lot of fossils and there's a little creek and it's, it's still very much flat, but you're outside and you're camping and you're, you're learning how to live in nature and be around nature and not have all the amenities that you're used to having as a a millennial child. Um, And then in Dallas, there's a couple nice trails. Uh, Again, they're not what, what most hikers would consider hiking, but um, there are a couple trails. There's one in South Dallas that has some decent elevation. So um, that's the one that I would usually go to on Sundays. My dad and I uh, would make a little habit of going together for a hike and then going to get brunch afterwards on a Saturday or Sunday morning. And those were just really special times for us. So you go through this breakup, you're 27, you decide you're going to go and document kind of this rebirth on Instagram and a huge part of uh, only part of how I know you is is through Instagram. That's that's how we met. That's how we connected. And it's become, it's become a huge part of, of who you are. Um, not only with hiking and traveling, but like fashion and, and and just documenting who you are to the world and putting it out there. And you've, you've, we've talked about the influencer space a lot and what was the decision like to, to just, be vulnerable and in this very vulnerable time in your life, you've decided to, to, you know, to leave this long relationship, to put it all on Instagram. And then you begin going in the outdoors. What was that thought process like? 
Yeah, so I don't think it was as vulnerable then as I have been now or, you know, as as fully transparent as I am now. I think at the time, I just knew I needed to get my life together. And, you know, people say you can start from the inward and work out or you can start outward and work in. It doesn't matter. You just have to do something. And for me, that was finding foods that I actually like to eat. I didn't I was 27 and I was just kind of grocery shopping and making food, but I never really had a plan. I didn't even really know what my body liked, like what what made me feel fueled? I didn't know what that felt like. Um, I'd gone through a lot of my life kind of cyclically uh, crash dieting or trying this new fat or phase and trying to drop some pounds and ended up just kind of gaining weight. And I, I didn't have a very healthy relationship with food. So I wanted to start with figuring out how to nourish myself in a way that I actually enjoyed the food and didn't feel like I was starving or cheating myself or depriving myself of good food, but also in a way that fueled me to have energy energy, to make my eyes brighter, to just give me better sleep, like all of the things. I never really thought of food as medicine. And there was a lot of stuff on Instagram then, and you have to kind of sort through the the muck, if you will. But I found a lot of accounts that were really helpful and just showed meal prep and what people were making who were also young professionals who didn't have a ton of time and a ton of money. And um, so that was really inspiring. So I started with the food and then I started with fitness, just getting active. Um, I had been really sedentary. I'd been, you know, taking a train into work in Boston and um, sitting all day working in finance. I was an executive assistant at a boutique financial firm and I had really long hours and I would often leave in the morning when it was dark and come home when it was dark and kind of snack throughout the day on whatever was free and available because cities are expensive. And I just didn't really have a plan or a purpose or a mission. I was just kind of going through life. And that was totally separate from my relationship. My relationship had its own its own issues and concerns. But I was just kind of coasting. And I just decided I didn't want to coast anymore. And I wanted to stop and take control of my life and accountability for myself and my actions. And so I started with the food and the fitness, just getting active. And I mean, I was starting from square one. I really had not been fit in a very long time, if ever, really. I think, you know, I had dropped a little bit of weight my junior year of high school um, in, a, in an unhealthy way to get the lead in a musical. And, uh, you know, talking about body, body positivity and being in theater, that was brutal, just brutal as a, a in your formative years as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, getting that validation of getting the role and everyone saying how good I looked. And uh, it was just, it was hard. It took a lot of years to overcome. So back to the, you know, transparency and vulnerability thing, I wasn't quite ready to deal with the internal stuff. I only really could grasp the external. So Instagram was really helpful in that because it can be kind of a shallow app, or at least it definitely was at the time. Um, and, you know, I started I started taking yoga classes just to get comfortable with my body and to work on my mobility. I started walking. Um, I ended up doing a 5K, did the Couch to 5K program, which was really helpful. I started boxing because I had a lot of anger to get out. So I joined a local boxing gym and I just started finding things that I actually enjoyed and didn't feel like punishment. So that was the the early side of Instagram. Um, throughout my career progression, I started investing in myself. You know, I, I talked about the external, but I uh, I took some classes. I got certified as an HR professional. I eventually went back and got my MBA. So I mean, I'm investing in my my inner world, my brain, my uh, my career, and I landed a job at an airline that's based out of Dallas. And so that just set me on a whole nother path of 
of opportunity and availability that I, I never thought was quite possible or, or within my budget because all of a sudden I could travel for free on standby. So you get this job, you're, you know, being successful in life, your relationship had ended, but you're, you're kind of, you're doing things for yourself. How did you find the time to get out in the outdoors? how did you find the time to do all these things when you had a corporate job? I've had so many people on here who came from the corporate world and they just left it all behind. And now they're vagabonds living out of a van. <laughs> Yet you seem to be able to balance both those things going and hiking and doing the corporate world thing. And yeah, yeah. So there was a, a part of me during 2020 that thought I could do the whole tiny house thing and just like travel around in a van. And then I rented a tiny house for a week in Colorado and realized that I like clothes and I like my kitchen gadgets too much that that wouldn't work for me. Uh, but I'm glad I got to try it and, and sample it. And I have so much respect for the people that can do that. But for me, it was just like, hey, I'm going to take a walk three mornings a week and I'm going to make sure that I set my alarm an hour early. And even though my neighborhood is flat, and it's just concrete and sidewalks, I find a lot of peace and serenity in being outdoors. And it really grounds me and, and just brings me back to, you know, what's important. It's easy to get caught up in the corporate, um, I don't know, grind of emails and meetings and conversations and documents and especially in HR there's there's so much to do all the time um, but finding a couple mornings a week to go out for a walk I actually I joined a local running club for a little bit which was really fun and they were they were insane I mean we'd meet at like 6 15 6 30 in the morning and we'd meet in a cool area and we'd go, you know, run hills. I was never a great runner or a fast runner, but I knew the conditioning was good. And then the community of, of being around other people wanting to get in a workout and be outside before work, that was a, a really cool opportunity for me. And I met a lot of like-minded people. Um, and then I kind of save the uh, then and now save the weekends for my hiking. And then I make sure that I, I get some outdoor time and hiking on any of my trips. So that's how the balance works for me. In California, I can go to a different trail every weekend and never do the same one twice. And that's been really cool. Um, way more access to hiking than I had in Texas. Uh, I also love Colorado. I've done a lot of travel to Colorado, but my first solo trip when I was working for the airline, I remember I packed a hiking pack and like just a couple things for one or two nights. I went to the airport. I checked in as standby as an employee. It's called non-rev. You're a non-revenue passenger. And it was Friday at like two o'clock. I got off a little bit early and I said, hey, I really want to go hiking this weekend. Do you have any openings for seats? Denver, Seattle, Portland, like what do you have? Um, and the, the, the lady at the desk said she could get me on Denver. And at the time I was able to fly jump seat, which was pretty cool. They don't really do that anymore post COVID and everything. But I flew in the jump seat, which is the, the fourth. I flew fourth. So that's the fourth flight attendant, um, which a lot of the flights didn't have at the time or, or don't have if it's a smaller plane. So so I sat in the back and I flew. And as we were, you know, waiting for everybody to get on the plane, I went on Airbnb, the Airbnb app on my phone, and I, I booked an Airbnb for that night in Denver. Uh, I booked a rental car. And then when I landed, I went. And that was really my first weekend of not planned, but kind of intentional hiking vacation for myself. And I had so much fun. I know I have a lot of friends who say that would stress them out, but it, it invigorates me. It's exciting. I know that I'll be safe. I know that I'll figure out something, you know, 
backup. There's always hotels. I can, you know, there's Ubers. I can figure things out. But um, it felt so empowering for me who had only really traveled with family and friends uh, and partners before to go by myself without really any plans and just figure it out. And I had an amazing time. And I love that because myself, I'm, I, I'm a city kid. I grew up outside of Los Angeles and then in Las Vegas. And as much as I love going camping and backpacking, I would still much rather prefer fly into a place, rent a car, you know, find an Airbnb or a nice hotel and then go do a long day hike and come back so I can shower. Yes. Um, and, and there's this idea a lot of times in the, in the outdoor community that, oh, if you're going to do it, you have to be a total vagabond. You have to, you know, go out there and dirt bag it for a week or two and you can't stay in a hotel. You can't stay in, you know, in an Airbnb. It's, 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 it's cowboy camping and all this roughing and stuff, but the outdoors can be so much more than, than that. It could be hitting up all these day hikes. It can be all this, all this amazing stuff and you're out there and you're doing it alone um yes what 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 is that like because i get anytime i ever post anything on, on my instagram about hiking alone or you know going out by you know just funny little reels um i get a lot of people who are, are very scared of that and what would you tell someone who's you know they're, they're they're wanting to hike and their partner doesn't want to or they just can't find anybody to go hiking with what would you tell someone who wants to to hike alone yeah, I would say, you know, my my mom doesn't like that I hike alone. She's even said, you know, I'd rather you date someone that we don't like that much and go hiking with them uh, because she really doesn't like it. But I am of the mindset that I'd rather go alone than go with someone that I don't really like or, or see a future with. So um, I think it just takes time and practice and it you have to be super aware of your surroundings, I think. Um, I work in HR. I'm a risk averse person, but I'll take a calculated risk if I feel good. So what does that mean to me? It means that when I'm planning out my hikes, I'm picking hikes that are, are heavily trafficked, moderate to heavily trafficked. I'm not going to go on that really quiet, serene, middle exactly. of nowhere, no one's around hike. It just doesn't sound smart to me. So for me, that's kind of how I start. And then I also, you know, I, I, I really, I do look up, you know, what are the reviews saying? What are people? saying. Um, I have a, a big hunting knife that I carry with me. And then I also have pepper spray. I don't normally have them like out and ready to go, but I have them super close in my pack. And the pepper spray is usually in that little zip on my hip in case I need it. I'm more worried about, um, I'm really actually not that worried, but like the, the biggest worry I would have is that I roll my ankle and I can't get out. Right. So that means having cell service. That means having a backup plan if there's not cell service. So that's something that's been on on my list. I think, I think you have them. It's, it's one of those little cell extenders or like uh, satellite communication devices. The Garmin inReach. Yeah, yes. Worth every penny. Yes. So that's on my list. Actually, I think my dad might be uh, getting me that for Christmas because we talked about that last trip. So that's that's on my Christmas list. Um, just because there have been a couple times where I'm like, if something happens and I can't get a hold of anyone, that's not going to be great. Um, I do tell either my parents or my best friend where I'm going when I'm going. So if I'm going on a hike that's not like right in a city or right around a ton of people, I send a screenshot of the trail I'm going on. I say when I'm leaving and then I say about how long it should take me so that somebody knows where I was last if I if I don't come in communication. Um, I guess wild animals would be another thing that I think about. And honestly, 
I try not to hike right at dawn or right at dusk, which does make for a hotter hike, but I, I like a late morning, mid-morning hike um, just because I feel like some of the critters have been scared away and it's just not as much um, time for uh, critters that might be dangerous to be on the prowl and even snakes and all that usually have kind of scurried off the trail because other people have gone ahead of me. So, um, you know, in Colorado, it's crazy where you, where you travel and the hiking community can totally depend on the timing and, and my, my angle of when I go. So like Colorado, people are there before sunrise hiking up so they can see the sunrise at the peak. So I can kind of start whenever, but during 2020, I was just getting really bored in Dallas. So I took a solo trip, excuse me, 2020, I was getting very bored in Dallas, so I took a solo trip drive out to Arkansas. Um, I'd been when I was little, but I'd never been as an adult, and there's a cute little town called Bentonville there, and I just rented a little Airbnb by myself and planned to do hiking and work remotely from there at the time, and um, I went out for a trail early morning, you know, right after the sun had come up, and no one was there. No one was there in the parking lot. And I remember you posted a reel, I think, like how you feel when no one's in the parking lot. And I remember thinking, I feel very differently. Like I felt nervous. I felt uncomfortable. I don't want to be the only person on a trail in the middle of nowhere, especially, you know, Arkansas. So Um, I started out on the trail because I was determined. I'd driven all the way there. I had everything packed and I just had this sense in my gut that something or somebody was watching me. And it's the only time I've ever turned around on a trail and went back. But I trust my gut. I trust myself. I don't know if it was a mountain lion or someone who lived in the mountains, but I didn't feel good. Um, So I just trusted myself and I, I went and I went on a little driving tour of the area and I had brunch. And then I went back in the later afternoon and there were a couple different families there some minivans and I was like okay you're there's people around you're gonna be good and I I did the trail later um didn't get as far as I wanted to just I think because it was a later in the day but um that was a moment where I didn't feel safe and I I just trusted my gut and didn't you know blame myself or or make it ruin my trip but I did turn around then I think it's so important with, with hiking whether it's hiking by yourself or maybe you're feeling a twinge in your ankle you're like this doesn't feel right but I can keep going but maybe I shouldn't to trust your body and to trust your instincts yes and when you're feeling like you know what I sh- I need to turn around or I need to go ahead and just take it easy do those things because there's a reason your your body is telling you those things and your instincts are telling you those things and it's so important totally and, and like you said you know hiking more more traffic trails or you know making sure that you know it's a different part of the day where there are other people there if you're hiking alone um, and having you know cell service and other things it's just it's so important now with traveling um around the world a lot of people just think that's boring just going and getting on a plane and going to paris by yourself what, what's <laughs> what's that about how why would, why would i do that uh, to me that sounds like a dream i'm, I'm the kind of person who will go to the movie theater by himself and everyone thinks right. i'm good for that um wh- what started the i mean i know you're working for an airline but what excites you about traveling alone going to paris and other places all over the country and world by yourself it does for so many people that sounds like a nightmare 
Yeah. So I think, you know, Denver, that first weekend in Denver was really the litmus test for me to see, do I like this? Can I do this? Is it worth the scariness level or the, you know, it's kind of like riding a roller coaster, right? So there's that, that creep, you know, you wait in the line and then there's that creep while you're going up and the anticipation and then you go down and it's exhilarating and maybe a little scary and fun. That's how I think of solo travel. So um, the Denver weekend was such a success. And, you know, what I, what I didn't mention was that I met two really nice girls who were on the shuttle. So um, I decided to take a hike in Rocky Mountain National Park. I had no idea Rocky Mountain National Park is like Disneyland in the summer. Everybody's there. There's limited parking. So they were shuttling people up from other parking to the trailheads. And I met two really nice girls on the bus and we're still connected. Last time I was in Denver, I hung out with one of them. We went out for drinks. We've stayed in touch. Um, So that's one really cool thing about solo hiking and solo travel and then meeting like-minded people on the path. So even though we were hiking different trails that day, we connected in line for the shuttle. We connected on the shuttle and they actually, they invited me afterwards to get a beer and a martini at um, the Shining Hotel. I can't think of the name of it right now. But you know what I'm talking about, the creepy hotel? Yes, yes. Yes. And I was like, that sounds perfect. That's exactly what I want to do. So we met up after and we talked about our hikes and we've stayed in touch. But so I've experienced that all over the world. And I do find that sometimes in countries that are not the United States, people tend to be a little bit more open-minded, a little bit more welcoming to people that are on their own and that are on a trip. And I mean, you have to be safe and you've got to be smart about who you talk to. But um, I have met some amazing people in my travel. So I think when people hear solo travel. They think you're by yourself the whole time, but you're actually not, you know, you don't have the the visor or the the guide guardrails in your eye and your vision of, of only being with the person that you're with. And so it opens you up to so many different conversations and opportunities um, that you may not experience if you were with someone. Um, and so my first international hiking trip solo was Scotland. And it wasn't like a massive crazy hike, but there's a really cool peak right off of downtown Edinburgh. And I looked it up and I brought my hiking shoes and I brought my backpack and, you know, I figured I'm just going to try it and see how I do. And it was muddy and slippery um, and, and challenging at times and so windy. but there were tons of people doing it and it was so fun. And I actually, the night before I had been in a pub and I ran into this group of dudes, they were probably, you know, five to seven years younger than me. They were on a stag party, which is their version of a bachelor party. Um, And they were drinking and they were buying me drinks and other women drinks and they were just friendly and it was very harmless. But I ran into them on the hike the next morning. Like that's, they were in town for the bachelor party or the stag party and they went out for drinks and then they wanted to do something, you know, for their physical fitness and uh, I guess walk off the hangover. Um, And uh, so I ran into them on the hike and, you know, they they way surpassed me because they were little, uh, little jocks kind of leaping their way past me. But, um, it was really, it was really fun. And it was like a little sense of community there and there were other locals and there were tourists and it was just a a good mix of people taking the hike that day. Um, but for me to go travel somewhere new and to see it from the perspective of the nature and the natural beauty, um, that's my primary reason for going. Yes. I want to go to museums. Yes. I want to do some of the other cultural pieces. Yes. I want to have a nice meal. Um, but I want to have the whole, I want to have the whole experience. And so that means for me, usually waking up, doing some kind of walk or hike that appreciates nature, um, and then also exploring what else the location has to offer. 
So I want to get a little bit into your Instagram. Um, sure. You have a, a prolific Instagram. Um, that's why I started following you. Not only do you talk about your hikes and your travels, but with fashion and body positivity. And I remember we, we were discussing something online and you had essentially said, I don't let a whole lot of men follow me because it gets really creepy. And I know that's, <laughs> I know that's a huge issue uh, for a lot of women in that space. How has your reception been being in the body positivity space, the travel space and the outdoor space on Instagram and what drives you to keep making content, even though the place can be pretty toxic sometimes. Yeah. So I, I would probably have quadruple the following if I let anybody follow me. Uh, and I do block a lot of men and I, I block, I block the people that make me uncomfortable or send me DMs that are just too personal or weird. Or, you know, there's the men who will comment on every photo like rose, 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 rose. <laughs> and I guess I could leave them for the engagement. But I mean, that's not what my content is for. And it's not really connecting. It's not the kind of connection that I want with people. So um, you've asked me before why, why, I don't, why I don't think I have more followers because and I take that as a compliment. Um, because I think what I post is relevant and, and sometimes cute and sometimes fun. And um, I don't know, I just I think um the era of men like lusting lusting after my photos like that just doesn't do it for me and it never has um i i really do want to create a, a safe space for women my whole platform started um after a breakup and just trying to find myself and healing. And I have women that are following me now that are just now getting divorced after years of marriage and they're trying to find themselves or they're, they're dating again for the first time after 20 years. And uh, I have women that are in their sixties that um, for whatever reason, they're still single or they, they haven't met someone or they have, and it didn't work out. And so I, I do like that my content is uh, very age, age um, appropriate in all genres, right. And in, in, in all categories. And so I, I can't, uh, I make content for those women. I make content for the the people that are, you know, struggling and trying to figure out what's going on or find themselves, whether it's through fitness or through getting outdoors or travel or style, any of those things, I think I can relate to people on. Now, um, if a man follows me and doesn't bother me, or if he has a profile that's like a real profile and he's also in the outdoor space um, and he hasn't done anything harassing or weird, he can stay. I don't block him. But but other than that, um, that that's kind of my my approach is I want Instagram to be a safe space for me, and I'm creating this content for free. You know, sometimes I get paid for things, but a lot of it is just how I'm feeling that day and what I want to share, or um, my travels and and making sure people know that they have access to these places and and uh, trips and hikes and um, and so that is all free. So if someone is mean or nasty, and that's irregardless of of sex or gender, right? Um, it, I've had. Women that have been really condescending and critical, and um, I just block them. I block them, and I move on, and that's it. They don't they don't get to be a part of my space anymore, and that's the most healthy way for me to handle Instagram. But um, yeah, I don't I, I don't think of it as like this is my whole life, right? I, I have a very full life. My full life is right now in California with my cat, but it's also my nieces, my parents, my friends, um, all over that I've met and, and who I am at my core. Um, Instagram is just a fun, a fun hobby and a passion project for me. So if someone doesn't like me or someone doesn't agree with me on there, it, it really doesn't um, affect my self-worth in any way. And I love that because so much, so much in the hiking 
an outdoor community is what we show on the Instagram. And I, I feel like a lot of hikers and, and people have been reduced to what they're showing when there's so much more and it's become, it's become problematic in a way that, you know, we're just, we're going on these hikes just to get the shot. You know, you hear the, the anecdotal stories of, you know, someone hiking up to the top of a peak and they're trying to take a selfie and they fall off because they weren't yeah. where the ledge was. Um, and those things, those things happen, but just to be able to, to do it and you've been able to, you know, garner a following and even and work with some brands, um, still, you know, staying by your laurels, staying by your principles and not compromising on that. It's been, it's been amazing to watch and just see how your content is just becoming more and more prolific and just you're putting more and more out there. It's been, it's been really amazing to watch. Um, well, thank I guess you. Kind, of, kind of closing out here, you've, you're, you're traveling, you're, you're working, you're, you're in California, which Southern California, people don't realize it is an amazing place to live if you're a hiker. Yes. Oh if yeah. You, if you live in the LA basin, getting to the hikes can be problematic, but even, you know, you can even go hike in Griffin park and there's amazing places all over Los Angeles and Southern California to hike, uh, but you're, you're there, you're hiking, you're, you're loving, you're loving the area. Ultimately though, how has the outdoors and travel changed you? Oh my gosh. I think it's given me a sense of confidence that I never had. And I think when people meet me now, they just assume that I've always been confident or I'm just a very confident person, but being able to go out in nature and find your way through a path or being able to go to a new city, country, state, anywhere and figure out what you're going to do and where to go and and how to how to get there and to do it all on your own that has been so empowering for me so much so that I took this this role with my company uh, and didn't know anyone in California and just said you know what Meredith it'll be like um, it'll be like one long solo trip <laughs> and you know it's a rotation so I'll only be here for about a year and a half to two years and then I'll go on to my next spot. But um, having that self-reliance and that self-confidence that comes with just time and experience and and getting myself out of situations that I needed to get out of or getting myself into situations that I never thought I would be able to do, um, that confidence uh, nobody can ever take away from me. And it's totally changed my life and the way that I see myself and value myself. That's awesome. Um, If someone wanted to follow you who wasn't creepy on Instagram, where would they go? (laughs) <laughs> they would just go to Instagram and type in Meredith, M-E-R-E-D-I-T-H-T-X. So Meredith TX. I'm also on TikTok, but still kind of trying to figure it out, feeling like an elder millennial there. But yes, Instagram is my main. <laughs> exactly. Instagram is my main platform. And so this podcast you're going to start, what's this I'm, I'm seeing on Instagram here? You're going you're to start a well, podcast. So what's, this- the title? what's the title? I don't know what the title is yet. I'm still taking recommendations, but I think I think it's going to focus on <clears throat> single solo travel and 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 what it's like to be a single person at different stages of your life and and to be moving forward. I think do you remember when you were a kid and <laughs> you used to see your teacher like at a grocery store and you were like what? Mrs. Dorsey, what are you doing here? You don't you live can't at the be school? here no. <laughs> 
Worlds Clyde, Worlds Clyde. <laughs> right. I, I want to know what other single people are doing, where they're going, how they're spending their money, what dating is like. Are they dating while they're traveling? Like, I just find that very fascinating and probably because that's just the phase of life that I'm in, but it can happen now at so many different ages and phases of life. So I think it's going to be something like that. Uh, I don't know. I'm just feeling, I love podcasts. I love listening to your podcast, um, hiking, travel, and dating relation relationship podcasts are my, my favorites to listen to. So I would like to interview some people and just kind of hear what they're up to. So that's what I'm thinking. But um, when I when I come up with it and I start it, I will tell you. You all hear, heard it here first, so I yes. will be putting it out there. So Meredith, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. And uh, yeah, everyone make sure you follow her. Thank you. Have a good day. Big thank you to Meredith for coming on the show and being patient with this episode. It was supposed to come out like four weeks ago. Thank you so much for being patient. I will make sure you follow her on the various social media networks, the TikToks, the Instagrams, and all that jazz. Uh, if you want to follow me, of course, you can follow me at Andy Films and Hikes on Instagram or on TikTok. I'm on Twitter too, um, at Andy Films Hikes, not Andy Films Hikes. I'm not really active on there, but if you want to, I'm there. So. Anyways, guys, thank you all so much for listening. Again, thank you to our sponsors, CSS Coffee and Canuck Outdoors. And uh, I'm excited for next week's episode. It's it's almost in the can. Don't worry. There'll be an episode next week. Also, um, if you want to know more about the show, go to hikerpodcast.com. And if you have any suggestions for guests, you can email me, Andy, at hikerpodcast.com. With that, thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Hiker Podcast. <laughs>